0: Welcome to the Buy More, and Merry Christmas.
1: Welcome to another Chuck Series Companion! I am your host, The Jaystrom, and today we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 11, Chuck vs. Santa Claus. And this is a very special episode. Why, you ask? Because Chuck vs. Santa Claus is my favorite episode of Chuck. My very favorite episode of Chuck? Like the numero uno... Well, first of all, I've said it before, and I don't rank episodes of Chuck. I don't have one through 91 ranking the top to the bottom. But I do know the ones that bring me the most joy and the ones that I can't wait till they come back around when doing a rewatch. And my number one episode has to be Chuck versus Santa Claus. And I've tried to analyze this and figure out what is it about this episode that I love so much? What brings me such joy? And I think it's because it's the perfect Chuck episode. It has everything. It has comedy. It has drama. It has warmth. It has a sense of danger, it has a sense of dread, it has a sense of victory, and has that sense of surrogate family, all the characters together in one place. You know, and I've said it before, Chuck Holiday episodes are the best that you'll find on any show. There's no show around that tops Chuck during the holiday season. So needless to say, I can't wait to cover this episode. But first... Everyone, check out chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. It's my blog where you can find all the podcast episodes and all my blog write-ups of each episode as I do them. Then send me some feedback. Send me an email at nimpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or send me a voicemail at 1206 206 309 4729 Also, subscribe to the show on iTunes. There you can rate the show and even leave a review. And I would love if you did that. That would be awesome. Now, as I said before, this is my favorite episode of Chuck. So I can't just do a normal Chuck series companion episode where I cover the whole thing and then it's over. So actually, this is going to be a double-sized episode of Chuck. What's that you say? What does that entail? A double-sized episode? Well, first I'm going to cover the show, like normal, what I always do. And then the second half will be me and a friend of mine named Adam, who has a podcast called The Past and the Pending Podcast. He is going to join me to discuss this episode of Chuck, because it's his favorite also. He did a binge-watch of all five seasons on Netflix, and he came away, and he loves this episode, For many of the same reasons I do. So we're going to just have a nice chat about it. And one thing that I love about doing this podcast is, of course, talking about Chuck. But also, I love talking about Chuck with other people. I did that show with Ross, that special episode that you can only find at chuckpodcast.blogspot.com, by the way. Uh, That was a great episode where we talked about the entire series. Now we're going to talk about one episode, Chuck versus Santa Claus. So I hope you stick around for that. It's going to be, as Chuck would say, describing Devin, awesome. Now, this episode was written by Scott Rosenbaum. And I've talked about Scott Rosenbaum before because he wrote the episode Chuck vs. the Sizzling Shrimp chuck versus the imported hard salami and in season two he wrote chuck versus the breakup and he'll go on to write several more really awesome episodes of chuck but he wrote this one and he was also a producer on chuck for a long time this episode was also directed by robert duncan mcneil and i've said his name a lot because he's already directed several episodes of chuck and as i said before he's a prolific chuck director He's already directed Versus the Helicopter, Versus the Sandworm, Versus the Truth, Versus the Breakup, and now this is Versus Santa Claus. And believe me, he directs a lot more episodes of Chuck. So he is awesome, and I also have to mention this every single time, because why not? He was Tom Harris in Star Trek Voyager. Come on, how cool is that? Now, as the episode begins, we hear Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. And right away, when I hear this song, I know it's a Christmas song that has been around since the 50s, but when I hear this song, all I can think of is the beginning of Lethal Weapon, which is an awesome action film starring Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, of course, but it takes place during Christmas. And I would describe it as a Christmas time holiday film. I love to watch Lethal Weapon during Christmas. So immediately when I hear the song, it evokes lethal weapon, and maybe that means something like something's gonna be up today. <laughs> now, as the episode begins, Big Mike and Emmett have just pulled in, and look at that! They have matching cars, and they're excited about this last day before Christmas sale when they're gonna make some buku profit. <laughs>
2: Jingle bells rock Jingle
0: bells
3: chime in Jingle sweet bells. Bells. Right back at you, dog. Love the smell of day before Christmas in the morning.
0: There's just nothing quite like the sweet scent of desperate last-minute shoppers in the air. You jack our
1: prices up 10%? 15, you snooze, you lose. We're gonna rob them blind. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas!
2: <laughs>
1: oh, guys, I'm not sure that's really in the holiday spirit, but let's face it, they're here to make profit. Now let's cut over to the Orange Orange where Sarah is preparing for a day at work at the yogurt shop. And she stares at a sign that says Family Holiday Spirit. Introducing Eggnog Yogurt. Which, by the way, gross. But what she's staring at is the family all enjoying their holiday eggnog.
0: Hey. Hey. Sure is quiet around here. Bad guys taking a holiday, too. Not that I mind, by the way, because the Intersects could certainly use some downtime as well. Speaking of which, we have a cover day tomorrow. Christmas at the Bartowskis.
4: Oh, uh, thanks for the invitation, Chuck, but I don't do Christmas.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. I think you just said you don't do Christmas.
4: Look, I would rather not get into it. But it's, it's Christmas. Look, I'm not buying
0: the whole Scrooge act, okay? Underneath that spy cover is a regular person just like the rest of us. I mean, honestly, how weird could Christmas have been for you?
4: Christmas at the Burton household meant the annual Salvation Army con job.
1: Oh, well, I think she has a point there, Chuck. Okay, well, so, okay, you're a little different than the rest of
0: us. But Christmas at the Bartowskis means eggnog. PJs, a fake gas fireplace... That's right. Twilight's on marathons. I'm not taking no for an answer, Walker. So prepare to be heart warmed.
1: <laughs> she sold. She knows it. Now let's cut to the buy more. And we see Skip and Morgan dressed as elves preparing an awesome Christmas display. And it looks like Morgan is still in the doghouse from the last episode. If you'll remember, Anna wanted to get an apartment with Morgan Morgan pretty much showed his true colors that he's not ready to move in with Anna and take that next step in their relationship. Oh, thank God you're here,
0: Chuck. Thank God. Anna won't speak to me, you know, after I balked at the whole moving in together thing. She thinks you're immature, afraid to grow up and be an adult. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: And that's ridiculous. Do I not look like an adult to you? <sighs> this is a visual joke. <laughs> Morgan is dressed like an elf, so no, he does not look like an adult right now. Yeah, too easy. Chuck just walks away. Now let's cut to the rest of the Bymore gang. Lester, Jeff, and Anna are watching a high speed chase on television.
5: Well, it's been about an hour now as the chase continues through the valley.
1: Tony
4: Large says this thing ends with the pigs making that punk eat lead. Thoughts? I say he crashes. We end up with a standoff, maybe hostages.
1: Never gonna happen. Please, you guys are amateurs. This has beat down written all over Okay, bring it in, then. Bring it in, everybody. Bring it in. Bring it in. Well, it's nice to see
0: everyone's in the
1: Christmas spirit this morning. This is how we roll. Doors open in and out. Round of the freaks. Have everyone meet me in Santa's Village pronto. Alright, it's time for Big Mike's pre-holiday sale meeting, and whenever I hear this music by Tim Jones, it makes me think of like a Michael Bay movie, but then I started thinking the way Big Mike treats everything at the Buy more very seriously, I think Big Mike thinks he's in a Michael Bay movie, and he's the star. That's just the theory I'm working on. <laughs>
5: D-Day. You ready for war?
0: You got what it takes? Take a sniff, Grimes. Tell this band of misfits what you smell.
6: Absolutely. Uh, coffee? Hazelnut, maybe? Uh, Glazed bear claw? Cream filled, perhaps? I'm sir? not
0: talking about my breakfast. I'm talking about profits. People are lazy. They'll be looking to purchase last-minute gifts. Which is why we raised our prices 15% we're looking at a record sales day as long as you people don't screw it
1: up so don't yikes you guys hear that don't screw it up oh but what's this awesome and ellie are here
7: hey thank
4: you hey what's going on we uh, we decided to beat the rush and uh take advantage of the friends and family discount
1: oh don't worry about
5: getting me a gift babe you already did I did? Yeah, yeah, I took it upon myself since you never know what to get me.
2: That's <laughs> great when I get you.
5: Weekend skydiving trip with the boys in Crested Butte. 10,000 foot free fall.
1: Awesome.
4: Santa's Ah, uh,
0: Yeah, hey, great. I gotta get back to work. You kids have fun.
4: Great, so uh, my present to my fiance is a ticket to death.
5: Babe, it's completely safe. Besides, I need an adrenaline rush. I you know a sense of danger in my life.
1: What? Now let's cut back to the video wall where the gang is glued to the screens of this high-speed chase.
5: Okay, the suspect has just gotten off the 5 freeway and right now is making his way Oh
0: to
1: man, the cops look pissed. I'm so winning the pool. Christmas. Action news reporting as police continue their high-speed chase through downtown
5: Burbank. If anything, he appears to be picking up speed in this residential neighborhood.
1: Whoa, that's kind of sounding close by. I can hear it outside the buy more.
5: Now, folks, we'd like to warn anyone in the area that this is obviously an extremely dangerous situation. Wait a minute.
1: It appears the perpetrator
5: has just turned off Burbank Boulevard into a shopping complex. He's not slowing down. He's not slowing down! <laughs>
1: Holy crap, a car just drove into the Bymore, nearly hitting Chuck. Wow,
5: this is an unbelievable ending to a pursuit that's lasting for the better part of an hour. We'll continue to keep you updated. Let's hope that everyone inside is okay.
1: All
0: right,
6: nobody move. Hey, i
0: Hi. Welcome to the Bymore. And Merry Christmas.
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas, indeed. And I'm so glad the only thing on Anna's mind is winning her bet. So the man the police were chasing on the news is now in the Bymore, and he's got a gun. He's holding everyone hostage, and there's a bunch of cops outside. Not good. Not good. Oh, boy.
6: Okay, Ned, just calm down. Think. Think, think. Hi! Hi, uh, my name's Nathan Edward Ryerson, uh,
1: people like to call me Ned, sorry about the entrance. Wait a second, Ned? Ned Ryerson? There's something very familiar about that name. Hmm, alright, I'll just say it, Groundhog Day reference. <laughs> uh, can someone please tell me who's in charge here?
6: Chuck!
0: Actually, I'm not technically in charge.
6: I don't want to hurt anyone, Chuck. So as long as no one gets brave, no one gets shot.
1: Okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love how Chuck looks over at Big Mike and Emmett and they hide. And he knows immediately he's on his own. I think we're safe.
0: Yeah. Um, this store has a very strict no bravery policy.
1: Okay. Okay.
6: Okay. Everyone. Uh, get over there by the Santa's Village. Now, come on! Uh, Chuck? Where's the security system? It, um... Okay, just follow me. Right over here. Are there any other ways in and out of the store? Um,
0: yeah. They're all locked down because we technically haven't opened yet. Good, then lock it down.
1: as the front gate closes on the bymore i get a very die hardy feeling out of all of this and it won't be the last diehardy feeling i get and it's awesome now let's cut down in castle and casey's down there with a bunch of wrapping paper and bows because he's on wrapping detail and he wants to know what the heck is going on upstairs what's going on
5: great step out of work one time i miss all the fun
2: the suspect's name is nathan ryerson he is a civilian no record not even a speeding ticket in the past 10 years
5: nathan picked himself the wrong place to be naughty instead of nice To play with my new toy i got myself for christmas
4: general if we go in guns blazing chucks cover will be blown the guy seems pretty timid not someone the local pd couldn't handle what are you saying, Agent Walker? I'm saying that Chuck has family and friends in there, and if we blow Chuck's cover, then not only he will have to go underground, but so will everyone else.
2: We'll try it Agent Walker's way first. Slip into the by from Castle and see if you can remove Chuck without calling attention to yourselves or the asset.
5: Understood? Understood. Are you okay, Major? Hmm? Oh, uh, Just paper cuts. I'm on... Gift wrap station right now, General. It's an electronics
1: store, Major. Not Basra. Get it under control. (laughs) Yeah, Casey, get it under control. Now let's cut outside the ByMore and even the news trucks have arrived.
4: This is Maureen Mitsubishi, KPFW News, reporting from the Burbank Bymore, where some unlucky employees are spending the day before Christmas with an armed gunman instead of with their loved ones. Who's in
5: charge here? Well, I am, sir. Al Powell, Burbank PD.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's this? Al Powell? Talk about your Die Hard references. Reginald Vell Johnson played Sergeant Al Powell in Die Hard, and now he's here on Chuck. That can only mean one thing Chuck and Die Hard exist in the same universe. Mind blown. Who are you?
7: i are Derek negotiator, LAPD. Mm-hmm. So, what does it look like in there? Well, all
6: indications are everybody is safe. This guy is an amateur. Good news is that my cousin Mike is the store manager. And if I know Mike, he'll have everything under control. Hmm. <laughs>
1: That's awesome! Al Powell is Big Mike's cousin! How cool is that? And also we're introduced there to Mauser, who's played by the great Michael Rooker, a veteran of TV and film. He played Merle Dixon in The Walking Dead. He was Daryl's brother. He was most recently Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy. Come on, we've seen Michael Rooker in so many things. And, of course, he's awesome in Chuck. And from what I read, Mauser Lieutenant Mauser is a reference to the Police Academy films, which I wouldn't know. I think I've seen the first two. Now, let's cut back to the Buy More. And like Al Powell, Big Mike also enjoys a Twinkie from time to time. Why today? You know how much money I'm losing? All of our shoppers
0: are going to go to large, Mark. There, there, big man. Just to eat. It's going to be okay. It
5: is? Of course it is.
0: Every news outlet is out there. Any publicity
4: is good publicity.
0: Yeah. Besides, my cousin Big Al's a cop. Half LAPD will be here. We can get the store back open for business by lunch, right?
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's good you have your priorities straight there, Big Mike. Now let's cut back to Ned, who's holding the Buy More hostage. And Ned is played by actor Jed Reese. Now, I've never heard of Jed Reese, but he is familiar. Something about his face, like, I know this guy from somewhere. Where could it be from? You may even feel that way, too. But guess where he's from? He was one of the aliens in Galaxy Quest. That's where we know him from. Dude, look familiar, man. Hey, hey
0: man, it's Chuck.
6: It's a terrible picture of me.
1: Yeah, it really is a terrible picture.
6: Hey, you can put your hands down. You know, the truth is, I'm really not a
0: bad guy, but you get to know me. When you're not crashing your car into electronic stores and waving a gun around? Yeah. Look, I know it's no excuse, but I lost
6: my job, man. All I wanted was to get a few gifts for my kids so we could celebrate Christmas. And the next thing you know, I'm the next OJ. What am I going to do, Chuck? they're gonna put me in jail aren't they
0: no no maybe not maybe not you know uh i mean you haven't hurt anyone yet right so maybe if you give up they'll they'll work out some sort of deal probation or something why would they do that look keep this between us but i know some people you know people who could make all this go away as long as you don't do anything stupid like who
1: yeah indeed who chuck be careful don't say too much i know ned seems like a really nice guy now let's cut to the break room and casey and sarah have now emerged from castle
0: who's calling um, that's, that's probably the police. Maybe they want to know what's happening.
6: Well, I don't want to talk to anyone. Do you think you can answer it?
0: Yeah. We just... Nerd Herd. how can I help you? This is Lieutenant Mauser, LAPD. Who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Chuck Bartowski, Nerd Herd supervisor.
7: All right, Chuck, I'm going to need to talk to Ned. He wants to talk to you. He doesn't want to talk to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, then you and I are going to have to work through this ourselves. So tell me, is there anyone hurt in there? No, nobody's hurt. Everybody's okay. Uh,
0: Ned, uh, is it okay if I call you Ned? Sure, Ned's fine. Okay. Uh, Ned explicitly told me that he wants absolutely no trouble.
7: Tell him to send out a hostage as a sign of good faith.
0: He says that you should send out a hostage as a sign of good faith. Good God, pick me! Pick me! Pick me! Pick me! Pick me! Pick me! Pick me. My 86-year-old mother is dying of very rare disease. It's leukoplakia.
1: She needs me. Her bobo. Ah, uh, he's not gonna really fall for that, is he? Uh okay, fine. Send him. Oh thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Of course he falls for it, and I love the evil, devilish grin that Emmett gives Chuck when he knows he's full of crap, and he's just trying to save himself.
0: We're sending someone out.
1: We got one hostage coming out, folks! That's scoundrel! I bet Protowski
0: worked out a deal. Yeah, Chuck let Emmett go so he could get better lunch shifts.
5: That bastard selling us down the river, making a sweetheart deal for himself. Guess it's prison rules now. Every man for himself.
1: I love how Ellie's sitting behind Lester and Jeff. She's like, what? What is with these bozos? Ah! Oh, my God. Oh. Who's
0: got a phone? Who's got a phone? I need to call my lawyer. I need to call my the therapist. I need to call my
4: mother. I need to call my yogi. Maureen Mitsubishi continued to cover the story at the Burbank BuyMore, where it seems a hostage has just been released.
7: I'm Lieutenant Miles or think? Who are you?
0: I'm the assistant manager, Emmett
7: Milbarge. Mm-hmm. It's two T's, two M's, and two... Tell me, tell me, Emmett, uh, what, what's going on inside there? What's going on inside is the greatest sales event of the season. That's right. We have got the best deals in town on all your electronic no, no, needs. No, 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 Emmett. I meant the perp Is he dangerous? Oh, <laughs> dangerous. The only thing
0: dangerous is how low we have slashed our prices. Stop, God slashed.
2: bless that man.
1: Yeah, like I said, Big Mike and Emmett... They've got their priorities straight. So,
6: uh... Hey, uh Chuck? Where are these people that can get me out of this?
1: Um... They happen to be in the back of the Bymore, waving for Chuck to come here.
0: They're, uh... They're closer than you'd think. Can I use the bathroom? I mean, the store's already locked down, so I can't really go anywhere. Hey, yeah... Sure, of course. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah, be back in a sec. It's about time the cavalry showed up. So, what's the plan? We'll have to lock you in the castle till this is over. Come on.
4: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa,
0: whoa. What about Ellie and, and Morgan and
4: everyone else? We're instructed to remove you and only you, Chuck. Hey, there's a team coming to extract the rest, and they will be in good hands. I'm not just gonna leave my sister behind. There are rules, Chuck, and we have to follow them, so let's go. I
0: understand that there are rules, but when it comes to family and friends, there's a time to break them. Get in the hatch,
4: Brotowski Chuck, you're letting your emotions cloud your judgment. I promise nothing bad will happen to them. Now, please, come on.
1: Yeah, I'm with Chuck. He can't just disappear. That'll look really awkward. <laughs> I can't take that chance. Chuck? Is that you? Chuck, ah! No, 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 no. Ah! Ned.
0: Chuck. What's going on? Ned. In- Ned. Please, please, please don't shoot that gun. Who are they? They're harmless. They're harmless, okay? Look, they, they heard your crash and they hit. This is my girlfriend, Sarah. Hi. Hi. And this is John Casey, who's even more harmless than she is. John Casey. Ned, please just uncock the gun.
6: Okay. Uh, how do I do that? Because, uh, truth is, I never used one of
1: these before. There's probably a button
0: on it, like a safety or something like that. Just go ahead and and push it. Exactly. Uh, Oh, my God.
2: Check.
1: Whoa, that can't be good. We have gunfire. I repeat, we hear gunfire. Oh, my God. Whoa. I'm so sorry.
6: I'm so sorry. Are you okay? I didn't mean to shoot you. I promise. We need a SWAT team down here
0: pronto. It's okay, everyone. It was a mistake. An accidental shooting, but Casey is gonna be just fine. Idiot,
5: you owe me a toe, Bartowski. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Poor Casey, he got his toe
4: shot off. You're gonna be okay, John. A lot of people get by with nine toes.
0: I'm getting by fine with eight.
4: <laughs> Good
1: lord, I don't wanna know how or why. What do you think a toe's worth to Casey?
7: What?
5: Maybe there's a finder's fee. You know, I survived three wars without so much as losing a fingernail before I met you, Bertowski. Look, I'm really sorry about your toe,
0: John, but I had the situation under control. You're the one who scared him.
4: you okay? I'm just scared. I've never been this close to a gun before. Yeah, me neither. You know what? We'll, we'll be okay. We just have to stick together.
1: Now let's cut to awesome, and he's had about enough of this casey's lost a toe the guy looks like a twerp and awesome he has a plan
5: big mike morgan jeff Lester, come here get over i don't know about you guys but i've had enough this guy's dangerous we need to take him out before anyone else gets hurt he's right the store closes at midnight we got lots of merchandise to move fellas i don't know man I time I to be a man morgan yeah you know what? i'll do it i'm in i'm in so am i wait hold on wait wait wait, wait.
0: This, this is a very very bad idea okay ned shot casey on accident he's not trying to hurt
5: anybody we need to let the police handle this chuck's right let the cops handle this i know you guys work here to buy more but i'm a doctor okay i take risks every day this is a matter of life or death someone needs to man up and take action someone needs to be a hero
4: no they don't Devin. being a hero is being alive to take care of your friends and family well it looks like that plan got shut down. Chuck!
1: Chuck! They keep calling, you better answer it. Yeah, coming coming right now.
0: Don't do anything. Do nothing. I will be right back. Hey, hey, I uh
6: I feel terrible about shooting your friend's toe off. No, 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 that's okay.
0: Sometimes I feel like shooting it myself.
7: This is Chuck. Okay, okay. Talk to me, Chuck. We heard gunfire. What's going on in there? Everything's under control.
0: Everything is is just fine. There was an accidental shot fired, and someone lost the majority of their toe. But besides that, everything's okay.
1: <laughs> I love Casey's grunt.
7: Put him on the phone. I want to talk to him now.
0: He wants to talk to you. Huh? Well,
6: ask him what he wants.
7: I want to know what his demands are.
6: He wants to know what your demands are. Well, I don't know. Uh, I have to think about it. Can you go back in, like, five
0: minutes?
7: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, so what are you gonna do, Ned?
6: Oh, maybe I should call my wife. She always knows what to do in these situations.
0: Yeah, that, 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 that's a great idea. Maybe you could let everyone else make a call, too. Check in with their loved ones, let them know that they're safe. Okay, Chuck. Yeah.
6: Hi, honey. It's me. Uh, well, I'm okay. Look, uh, I know this is gonna sound
1: bad. And we hear the song, I'll Be Home for Christmas, by Bing Crosby, as everyone calls their loved ones.
5: Hey, Mom and Dad.
2: Hi, guys. For Christmas. Yeah,
5: everything's awesome. Well, not really, but we'll be okay. You can plan on me.
4: Hi
1: there. You reached the love chat line. Looking to chat with someone special? Press 1. <laughs> I love Lester's grin as he hits 1. Oh, Lester. Correctional <laughs> Institute. Yes, I'd like to speak to Prisoner 27318. A.K.A. Mom. <laughs> Jeff's calling his mom in prison. Must evil find me hey baby save your birth, morgan Where wow even a hostage situation won't get anna to talk to morgan that's pretty bad and i love this moment when sergeant al powell talks to his cousin big mike and we get another diehard reference ha. <laughs> Heck, just saying Al Powell's a Die Hard reference in itself. So you just can't get away from it. Hey, Big Mike.
7: How you holding up in there, partner? Surviving, partner.
1: Any
6: shoppers lining up out there? Mother.
1: Johnny boy. <laughs> it's really creepy the way Casey's lurking around the Christmas tree, calling his supposed mom. So this is an interesting moment. Every one of the employees is talking on the phone to people they know and love and care about. And then there's Sarah, standing there all alone, with no one to talk to.
2: If only in my...
4: Hi, Chuck. Where are you?
0: DVDs. I'm in the romantic comedy section, although for irony's sake, I suppose I should probably be in hostage thrillers.
4: So, uh, Ned let everyone call their loved ones. That was pretty smart to call me. Protect our cover.
0: Yeah, well, you are my girlfriend. Sort of.
4: So, does that mean your offer still stands for Christmas?
0: Yeah, I know you could be heart warmed.
4: <laughs>
0: I actually, um, I have something for you. I was going to give it to you tomorrow, but considering the circumstances, I kind of want to give it to you today.
4: Chuck, we're going to get out of here. We'll be fine. I promise.
1: And Chuck produces a charm bracelet.
4: Wow, <laughs> that's beautiful.
0: It's good luck. It was my mom's charm bracelet. My dad gave it to her when Ellie was born.
4: Oh, Chuck, I can't take this. This is something real, something that you should give to a real girlfriend.
1: I know. But he doesn't want to, Sarah, so you better keep it. Chuck!
0: Duty calls. There. Hey, this is Chuck.
7: Chuck,
1: what does he want?
0: It's Lieutenant Mauser. He wants to know what you want.
6: I want to go home and spend Christmas with my family.
1: Well, so does everyone else, Ned.
7: All right. Tell him I'm coming in, Chuck. I'm unarmed. I just want to talk, so we can get him and everybody else home for Christmas. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm going to come open the door right now. I'm completely unarmed, Ned want a little FaceTime so we can talk this out
6: Chuck you can come back over here okay I don't want to go to jail
7: it's okay we're gonna work on that but in the meantime what do you say you and I make a trade okay me for two of your hostages it make a lot of people out there feel a whole lot easier
0: yeah in here too
6: okay okay two people can go
7: okay good good um what do you say we start with the injured man He looks like he needs medical attention
5: Uh, I'm fine I'm good let Ellie go
4: no no Casey thank you but you need to go your toe could be infected
5: Chuck you've been a good
6: friend to me so I'm gonna return the favor I'm going to let your girlfriend go.
5: No! Chuck.
0: Ouch. Yikes. going to be a cold Christmas of the
1: Bartowskis.
2: Oh, no, he didn't.
1: (laughs) God, I love that (laughs) movie. Oh, God, I love it. It's one of my favorite (laughs) moments. Oh, no, he did it. (laughs) And I love Chuck tries to explain his way out of this, but he just can't. He can't explain to him. Well, Sarah's CIA. She can protect us better than anybody. It looks like he doesn't want his girlfriend to be set free from a hostage situation. (laughs) I didn't. I don't. I don't mean I don't
0: want my girlfriend to leave because clearly I would really like for Sarah to leave and be out of harm's way. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that... I'm not your only friend here, Ned. You've endeared yourself into the hearts of everyone here. I think we're all friends. This is a, we're a family. We've gone through a lot, haven't we? So we should all leave. Why don't we all leave together?
6: No, just those
7: two. Okay! Our team
5: just arrived. Don't do anything stupid. Maybe the rest of us can get out of here without losing an appendage.
4: Uh, Chuck, it's okay. Trust me, I'll never let anyone hurt you. Okay.
1: Trust her, Chuck. So, Casey and Sarah are let go, But luckily, Officer Mauser is still there to protect everyone, right? Good to finally meet
7: you face-to-face, Chuck. Did a hell of a job. Pretty impressive for a retail jockey.
1: I
0: just want all this over as soon as possible.
7: Well, so do
1: I, Chuck. So do I. Wait, what's this? Chuck looks down at Mauser's watch, and oh no, this can't be happening. He flashes on it. Holy crap, Mauser is fulcrum! Hey, don't worry about it, buddy.
7: I'm a pro. Everything's gonna be just fine. Okay?
1: Wow, all of a sudden, Mauser's grin doesn't look so friendly anymore. Wait! 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 Chuck, look,
7: you did a good job,
0: but... I'll take it from here. Okay. Yeah, but but you know what? Um, Ned is really uptight, so maybe maybe I should go over there and talk to him and tell him that you're taking over. Kind of put him at ease so he doesn't
7: get upset. So you guys developed a little trust, did you? Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: yeah, good idea. Good. good. And I love this moment. Now that Chuck knows that Mauser is fulcrum, his first instinct is to protect Ned from the Fulcrum agent.
0: Listen to me, Ned. You have to listen to me very carefully. This guy, Mauser, he is no good. He is not a good guy, okay? We cannot trust him. Why not? We have to let everybody out of the store right now.
6: Well, if I let everyone out, then I'm not going to have
0: any bargaining chips. I can't go to jail, Chuck. Okay, look. The people I was talking about, the people that can help, they work for the government, see? They will do anything they can to protect me. That's the only bargaining chip that you need. Ned, you have to trust me. You need to let everyone go. I haven't let you down yet, have I?
7: Thanks, Chuck. I'll take it from here. Okay. Okay. Well, then, it's time the rubber hits the road. What do you say we make a deal?
1: Chuck is just praying that Ned does not make a deal with this fulcrum agent. Meanwhile, outside, Sarah and Casey are frustrated that they can't be there to protect Chuck. There
5: you go, sir. Oh, hey, no, that's okay. That's okay. You need medical attention, Major no, I'm fine. Let's end this. How's it looking there?
4: Better. Ned seems to calm down after he talks to his wife. Yeah.
5: Where is she? What? I you mean you didn't bring her down here? Wife? What wife? There's no record of Ned being married.
4: Wait, what? What the hell's going on here? He's right. There's no record of him being married.
5: We saw him make a call. Tracy, see if we can find out who he's speaking to.
1: Devin's been patient enough, and he's had enough of this Ned guy. He still has it in his head that he can save the day.
5: Look, boys, this guy is tired and frazzled. I said we take him out. Anyone else play ball in college? Played some linebacker. I did not. i played a lot of Madden on the PlayStation Three. Does that count? Be bold, Morgan. All right, I'm in. All right. Listen up. It's called the Picket Fence. Big Mike and I'll be the flanks. All right, Morgan, you're the sacrificial lamb. Jeff Lester, you're coming up from behind. Why
1: are we always coming up from behind? It seems awkward. <laughs> seems awkward. But what's this? Chuck overhears them, and he's still having none of it.
5: I need everybody. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Well, oh, we're taking this guy out. You win? No, and neither are you. This situation is way too dangerous.
0: Please, Devin. If you love Ellie, don't do this.
5: Chuck, you win.
7: Chuck,
1: can I talk to you a minute?
5: Remember, don't be
1: awesome. Is that even possible, Chuck? Well, Chuck, looks like Ned and
7: I've worked the whole thing out. That's great! That's great! I'll just go tell everybody that we can leave. No, 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 no. Not just yet, but soon. First, you and I need to work something out on our own. I don't understand You see, will know John Casey's NSA The
5: person who calls in the Bible right now
7: The uh, Young Girl CIA Oh my God Chuck We've lost enough agents in these two We knew they were here protecting someone We just didn't know who So we caused a little ruckus And then inside See who they would rush to protect Turns out They're protecting you <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, Lieutenant.
7: Do you see, uh, Ed over there? I'd hate to see him shoot your pretty little sister if you thought you were not cooperating with me.
1: Wow, all of a sudden Ned doesn't seem all awkward and conflicted anymore. He seems like a ruthless, cold-blooded killing machine. He was in with Mauser the whole time. Holy crap.
0: Look, I'm, I'm, I'm just an analyst. Okay, please don't hurt anyone.
7: Joke, you're way more than just an analyst. We did a background check on you. Turns out you were college roommates with Bryce Larkin. The same Bryce Larkin that stowed the intersect from us. Bryce Larkin is dead. And I'm done negotiating. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Stop him, stop him. Please stop him. What do you want? I want to know where Bryce Larkin and the Intersect are. And if I think you're lying even a little bit, your sister dies. Where's Bryce Larkin? I don't know. Then I'm really sorry. But I know where the Intersect is. Where?
1: Whoa, Chuck just revealed that he is indeed the Intersect. All right, Chuck,
7: this is how it's going to play out.
1: Ned's going to release another hostage.
7: You. Then you and I are going to go out and get into an ambulance, which will take you to a secure Fulcrum facility where you'll stay.
6: I'm never going to see my sister again, am I?
2: No.
0: Well, then, would you mind if I said goodbye to her, please?
7: Okay. But if you say or do anything to call attention to me or your situation, then it's going to shoot her. Capiche? Yeah. Okay. Good. Go ahead.
0: letting me go oh thank god (laughs) (sighs) goodbye Ellie you know how much I love you right
4: hey hey (laughs) cheer up it'll be okay you're acting like you're never gonna see me again it's okay
1: Chuck doesn't think he is Ellie he's going away with this fulcrum bad guy and who knows what they're gonna do to him there this is his only chance he's gotta tell Devin this is a time to be awesome
5: see you in a
0: bit Chuck Listen, there's a time to be brave, and a time to be timid. This is a time to be brave. Do it. Right on, bro. Sir! Sir, over here,
4: can we get a statement, sir?
1: Meanwhile, down in Castle, Casey and Sarah, they're putting the silencers on their pistols, and they're ready to go and save the day
4: at the Bymore, where apparently another hostage has just been released. We're not sure of his identity, but he does appear to be unharmed. Oh, who's got Chuck.
5: Everybody ready? Yeah. Hands in.
1: Break. Break. I love this moment. And I love the Tim Jones music also. It's Bymore meets the Nutcracker. <laughs> and it's awesome. As the gang, they circle Ned, and they're going to try to take him out.
4: I hope they're not doing anything risky. Morgan's with them. Trust me, you've got nothing to worry about.
1: And Devin gives the signal, and they all charge Ned. Whoa! Ned just gave a roundhouse kick to Lester. (laughs) And he's down. Cut to the orange-orange and Chuck is hidden away in an ambulance with Mauser, and Sarah's not going to let him get away with Chuck.
4: They're getting away with Chuck.
1: Whoa, and just like that, Sarah shot out the tires, and that ambulance is toast. Chuck seizes the opportunity to get away, and he runs right into a lot of Christmas trees. You're back here! Cut back to the Bymore and Lester is out cold. And Ned seems as cocky as ever. It looks like their plan failed.
4: He's breathing. He's fine. That was really stupid, Devin. Well, at least he's not afraid to take a risk like Morgan.
6: Well, finally, this is getting interesting. Okay, well, who's next?
1: You? Uh No, I don't think Jeff's going to put up a fight there, Ned. And then Ned aims his gun at Awesome. But what's this? Hidden in the fake snow, two eyes open, and it's Morgan. <laughs> He's hidden in the fake snow. I love it. Which I'm pretty sure is a Rambo reference. Do you guys remember when Rambo hit in the mud? And everyone wondered, how did he get himself completely covered in mud like that? But Morgan hops up, he grabs the snowblower, and he unleashes on Ned! Awesome! Right then, Awesome and Big Mike take the opportunity to sandwich Ned... They slam into him hard and knock his ass out. Anna, did you see that? Uh, no, she didn't, Morgan. She's too busy taking care of Lester with Ellie. Lester, are you okay? <laughs> But yeah, Lester's just fine, cause he's spending his time on the floor staring down their blouses. And we hear "Silent Night" as we cut back to the Christmas tree lot. Mouser's still looking for Chuck, but so is Sarah.
4: That was so brave.
0: In times of crisis, a man
2: needs to step up.
1: I won't be a man.
2: I- I think they say.
0: Vulcrum, Sills and It was all set up.
4: I know. Everyone in the store is still in danger. Our team is moving in on them right now. They'll be fine. Now I need you to run back as fast as you can to the castle. I can't leave you alone with this guy. Chuck, your safety is more important than mine. Now leave and don't turn back. Go. Go. Go.
1: But when has Chuck ever listened to Sarah? He's worried about her safety. And he stops and he turns around. And finally, Mauser finds Sarah and a fight ensues
2: <laughs>
1: Oh crap, he's kicking Sarah while she's down.! No. Nice! Sarah got the drop on him, and now she's got her gun on him. Ah.
7: You may have beaten me, Agent Walker, but Falcom's won. I know Chuck Bartowski's The Intersect.
4: Chuck's secret is safe. And you're going straight to a CIA detention facility, never to be seen or heard from again.
7: You go right ahead, Agent Walker. Arrest me. I say goodbye to Chuck. You see, I'm not like those other fulcrum agents. They'll do whatever it takes to find me. And when they do, every fulcrum agent we have is going to know Chuck's the intercept.
1: Going to be the end of his pathetic existence. Then Chuck creeps up from behind the trees and he sees Mauser now surrendering to Sarah. And he didn't hear a word before that.
7: So take me in, Agent Walker. I'm ready to go.
1: Sarah just shot Mauser, and we all know why. He was never going to stop looking for Chuck. Chuck's life would never be the same. She did what she had to do, not just for the Intersect, but for Chuck and his life, his family, his friends. She did it for Chuck. But all Chuck saw was Sarah kill a man in cold blood who was surrendering. <laughs> now let's cut back to the bymore and the day has been saved well it is nighttime and there's a bunch of cops and ambulances there and news reporters but come on guys we got jingle bell rock again and everything is great well except for that part where chuck saw sarah murder somebody so he thinks i love how we see all the bymore employees they've got mistletoes they're all thankful hugging and kissing it's great (laughs)
2: Jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bells chime in Jingle bell time Snowing and blowing Up shows of fun Now the
1: jingle hop Has begun Jingle bell, jingle bell <laughs> And I love this moment When Big Mike sees his cousin Al Pow, and then we hear Ode to Joy Yet another Die Hard reference And the men run towards each other And embrace it's awesome.
0: How you doing? Okay, I thought
1: I was about to lose you there for a minute. <laughs> it was hell, but I survived. <laughs> hey, you hungry? I could eat. And the men are off to, no doubt, an epic meal. And we hear the song, Christmas and Me Are Through, by Your Vegas.
2: Santa Claus, Santa Claus, no
4: anymore, she's
5: Ellie, gone. I thought you'd like to know that I canceled my your trip. Are
4: you sure? I thought you needed more excitement.
5: I've had all the excitement I need, honey. Wonder
4: where the time goes, dressing in the same clothes.
2: Funny how the turkey takes lunches from the micro. For
4: what?
1: Staying with me. I would have been alone tonight.
4: Mm, me too.
1: Ah, and Lester goes in for the kiss on Anna. Sees Lester and Anna kissing, but it's not what he thinks. The same way Chuck saw what he thinks he saw, but he's totally wrong.
2: No she's gone.
1: I love the moment where Sarah comes back and she has to steal herself. And then put on a friendly face, and as she approaches Chuck to tell him everything's okay, Chuck knows it's not true, and he even tests her, and he asks, "What happened to Mauser?" Just wondering what her answer is going to be.
4: Chuck, it's okay. You're safe. I got the Fulcrum agent.
0: What happened to him?
4: I arrested him. Casey's taking him to a secure facility as we speak. It's okay. He's going to go to jail. He'll never bother you again. Wow.
1: And Chuck knows she just lied to his face. He doesn't know what to think anymore.
5: Merry Christmas, guys.
4: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Chuck. That's not gonna be one we're gonna forget soon, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: indeed not, Ellie. And Chuck watches Ellie admire the bracelet now on Sarah's wrist. And Chuck finds himself wondering, is Sarah the person he thought she was?
4: Oh, that looks fantastic, you! Oh, thank you. <laughs> <You're so good. laughs> me too.
6: do when you see your girlfriend do something so horrific gets permanently burned into your brain i
2: don't know buddy but i know exactly what you mean
1: wow and that was an epic episode of chuck I love it every time I watch it, man. I can't even remember the first time I watched it, just how blown away I was. I mean, you've got the whole idea of Ned being just this goofy guy. He made a lot of mistakes. Chucks wants to help him. The cop shows up, played by Michael Rooker. But it all turns out it's a fulcrum ruse just to figure out why the CIA is so interested in this buy more. It's so interesting now when you go back to think that Ned accidentally shot Casey in the foot. He didn't do that on accident. He did it on purpose to get Casey out of the building. Then they got Sarah out of the building so they could take Chuck. It was a brilliant plan, actually, but they didn't count on how far Sarah would go to protect Chuck. There's that great moment where Chuck gives Sarah the bracelet that used to be his mother's. That gesture right there, I mean, come on, we already knew, and I'm sure Sarah knew, but it cemented how much he cares about her. And I love that moment when she says, I will never let anyone hurt you. Now we just have to deal with the fact that Chuck believes Sarah just murdered someone in cold blood, but come on, Chuck, it was Mauser. That guy was a jerk. He would threaten to kill your sister. I'm hoping Chuck gets over it fast. (laughs) The best thing about this episode, this Christmas episode, is the Die Hard references, which is one of the greatest action movies ever made, come on. But it's like a love letter to Die Hard, and that's why I love it. Not only that, the whole cast is together in one location. It just pops, man. This episode sings. I love it. I cannot praise it anymore. It's just fantastic. And I hope you guys love it just as much as I do. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Chuck Series Companion. Now, I will remind you to go to chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. There you will find links to all the previous episodes of the Chuck Series Companion and all of my write ups of each episode. I give my thoughts, links to the songs, links to other recaps. You can also send me some feedback. Send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. Also, send me a voicemail at 1-206-309-4729. Don't forget to go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, and if you haven't yet, rate the show and review it on iTunes. That would be awesome, and I'd highly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't turn this off! there's still a second half of the show where i discuss with adam from the past and the pending podcast this episode of chuck chuck versus santa so what are you guys waiting for listen to the second half of the show and i'll see you next time
0: yikes going be a cold christmas of the bartowskis
1: now this is podcasting one and welcome to the extended edition of the chuck series companion chuck versus santa claus this is actually the second half part two uh side b whatever you want to call it but i am joined here today by adam host of the past and pending podcast thank you so much adam for joining me
3: Thank you so much for inviting me, sir. It's always an honor to join you on in a, uh, any podcast you, uh, you make.
1: Well, thank you so much. And first of all, I want to say uh, you, not too long ago, I don't know if it's been a year or so, but you, I could say recently completed all five seasons of Chuck.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I would say we are coming up on the anniversary of the night that I was working late and I took a break somewhere uh, at workplace, and uh, at my workplace, and checked my phone, checked my Twitter feed, and you had posted a link to a blog that's that is like where all of this comes from. This <laughs> this like fifteen almost this fifteen like paragraph, this love letter to Chuck. Uh, which in which you know you it's very spoiler free but you go into detail about uh your history with the show and what it meant to you and also uh, as a big reminder hey the entire series is on netflix so uh here are the reasons i love it and uh, you should check it out and your enthusiasm was so uh it was so uh, impressive that uh, of course i checked it out just due to my work schedule and just regular life things it i basically started the night after uh that work night and basically went through like the entire winter so i'd say i wrapped up around january or early or early february sometime uh going through these entire the entire series run
1: Awesome. So my plan worked. That little blog post got someone to watch the series.
3: <laughs> and, you know, I tried to spread the love as much as I could. I I actually spread it to, like, the next generation. Like, this past summer, I worked with five uh, teenage guys and – I would want. I want to say at least three of them ended up watching the show as a result of me talking about it. Like one guy would finish the series run, and then he and I would be geeking out about it. Then another person would hear about it. They would go that home that one weekend and just watch as much as they could. And then before you know, they wanted to join in on the conversation. So it's it's a show with uh clearly a longer shelf a longer shelf life than anyone would expect because it's reaching like the next generation
1: that is awesome i totally i wish i had like a chuck group where uh, almost like a, a a book club where you have a mm-hmm. chuck club where everybody gets together and talks about an episode yeah and of course anybody who has negative feelings they're kicked out of the club <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding, of course. But one thing that I remember talking to you about is when you got to this episode, Chuck versus Santa Claus, you know, I knew that it's like my favorite episode of Chuck. And I was just waiting for you to get to it. You know, it's say, yeah, I'm on uh, episode eight or episode nine. I'm like, oh, he's almost there. Then I remember you telling me that you really liked this episode. So tell me why you like this episode so much
3: well um not to take away from any of the previous episodes uh i, I not can remember your recap of of chuck versus tom sawyer in which you declared it was the episode that really sealed the deal for the the tv show as well i mean it was the point where you decide okay well from here on out i'm drinking the kool-aid i'm all in for the trip for wherever this series is going, right. and I'm guessing I'm get. It, it's not like I didn't like the show from the beginning. The pilot hooked me in, you know, you know, hook, line, and sinker all the way through. But I want to say that Chuck versus the Santa Claus is, in a lot of ways, the quintessential chuck episode because it contains a lot of elements that you could say like it's the best representative episode of the series uh for a variety of reasons uh it's got um well i mean aside from the the homage to uh die hard of which i'm a big fan and i know you are as well yeah we got we got certain things like we spent a lot of time basically pretty much all the time at the buy more and you know more time at the buy more is always a good thing in a chuck episode yeah. and uh you get of course the emphasis on on all the the friendship and the family unit and the importance of loved ones uh it's it's a holiday themed episode and we both know chuck does holiday themed episodes you know better than arguably anyone else
1: absolutely
3: and uh and i guess another thing and it's something that i appreciate I, i've watched the episode twice in the past week in anticipation for us discussing this it also has like this uh this level of of poignancy uh, especially like near the end it, 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 chuck was always kind of a lighthearted a TV show, but it had to take its uh, villains, its its threat seriously to a degree. Otherwise, you would never be able to take the spy stuff seriously if the threat wasn't credible. And there's a moment near, you know, at the end of this episode where it's it's very it's very moving, not just in uh, what what Sarah has to do, but in the way that Chuck takes it and. That's something that I actually like. I actually like – uh, you know, a, a tale of heroism, especially when it it can address the uh, whatever cost or sacrifice that had to be made in order for victory to be obtained. So, w- while there's a part of me that's kind of slightly bummed that the that the episode doesn't end all happy, like I thought we were going to end it in the Bartowski household with everyone watching uh, Twilight <laughs> episodes, but uh, really it it ends in a very uh, satisfying way. So it's it's a, it's a little bit of everything that I love about Chuck, I guess, is the short way of uh, answering that.
1: You know what's funny is, no matter how many times I see this episode, and I know it's like my favorite episode, I always forget that it ends on such a down note. And when it, it comes up again, I'm like, oh yeah, it does end this way. This mm-hmm. kind of, there's almost like this sense of dread But it's almost like there's a sense of dread for Chuck, but not us, because we know exactly why Sarah did what she did. It's just Chuck doesn't know
3: or or you could even argue that he forgets um I, I mean clearly he he doesn't understand the context under which you know he sees one thing and interprets it one way, but he also seems to forget that uh and we can get into this later that Sarah is not this you know she's not. Uh, she she doesn't have a murder boner basically like Casey does. Right. Taking a life for her, well, she she is able to take a life in you know the line of duty, but it's always a big thing for her. You get the feeling that she would rather send a bad guy to the hospital and not the morgue.
1: Right, and I almost think of almost like when you see a movie a million times. You know it by heart where you start to analyze things where you don't normally. Like, I'm not a big, right. I don't analyze things a lot. But you start thinking. I've seen this episode enough where I realize Chuck does this gesture where he gives uh, Sarah her mom, his mom's uh, charm bracelet. And it's, it's a gesture of love that he cares about her. And she's genuinely moved by it. You can see that. That moment, uh, you know, if we... We're just gonna jump all around the plot if we want but right. her what she does at the end is almost her gesture of love for Chuck because Mauser threatens to uh, destroy Chuck's miserable life as you know uh, so basically her gesture is to not only save Chuck but to preserve his life and his his way of life his family his friends to not upset any of that you kind of see her for a second and then she's like okay she knows what she has to do and she does it and she knows she did it for Chuck
3: I, you just kind of wish that Chuck would realize that, you know, she, it was a hard decision for her. I mean, he's, he's too far away yeah. to really understand what was going on. But, I mean, clearly on, on her face, the way that she reacts before she shoots Mauser and even afterwards, where it, it, this was a hard thing to do. But, I mean, she had to do, I, I'm pretty sure it would have been more valuable to have, have an app to have apprehended a, uh, a fulcrum agent, you know, so the CIA could get some uh, some intel. Yeah. But it was a personal it was a personal threat for her. So, um, yeah, it, it, you just kind of wish that she was able to. You, you said she didn't have to lie, or maybe that Chuck, uh, or or maybe that they could have, uh, you know, had this explanation at the end of the episode. But I I, I think it works the way that they did it.
1: You what do you think about when Chuck says, so what happened to him? And she's like, I arrested him and he's in a secure facility on his way to a secure facility. And you see his face like, whoa, she just lied to me. <laughs> you know, um, I I think she lied to him, of course, to again, protect him. He doesn't need to know that she killed him. Right. He doesn't need to know that. Well, for all,
3: all she knows, he did exactly what she asked him to do, which yeah, was run saying- away so uh, to her, it, it's it's obviously you're familiar with, you know, the the idea of like the necessary lie. You know, sometimes we tell in order to keep things on like an even keel or so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, clearly it kind of bugs him. It's a kind of betrayal of of sorts, you know, from her. But yeah, really, crazy, really, he, he shouldn't have been there. But whatever.
1: Yeah. But I guess, you know, if we've ever been in a situation where you ask somebody something that you already know the answer to and they lie to you, it is kind of that moment where you're like, oh, so this is how it is. You know, like you must think I'm stupid or do they have a reason they're lying to me? And what is that reason? I think her reason is that just to protect them. He doesn't right. really know that. Uh because, honestly, he didn't need to know what happens to him. Just that he doesn't have to worry about him anymore. And it's the rea- reality of the situation. Like Harry Tang, I assume that he's in uh, Oahu at the uh, Pineapple Factory or whatever. But who knows? <laughs> Maybe they took him in a back room and shot him in the head. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's a
3: testament to Chuck's uh, you know, unwillingness to really see anyone killed or so. But, I mean, Mauser... Threatened the life of his sister.
1: Yeah. I mean, early threatening- in
3: the episode, you would think that he maybe, maybe he, on some level, he wouldn't have had a problem with someone who was just willing to get it, his family just to get to him.
1: Yeah. I could picture the guy, though, Ned, just shooting Ellie, then shooting no. awesome. You know, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to think about that, I know, sir. it would be <laughs> terrible, but Chuck has to know he's dealing with uh, ruthless killers. Now, yeah. That- I want to talk about at the beginning in the episode, when we hear Jingle Bell Rock, what is the first movie you think of when you hear that song?
3: Lethal Weapon, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, Lethal Weapon. That song, the song has existed since the fifties or whatever, when it that song, that track was particular track was recorded, but uh, I'm sorry, but Lethal Weapon is all I can think about when I hear Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell. And I love that uh, Big Mike and uh, Emmett, They're all ready to jack the prices up (laughs) to have a great sales day.
3: Yeah, they have like a synchronized pulling into the parking lot, getting out of their car, grabbing their coffee, smelling the morning air, and then basically turn to each other and say, yeah, it's a great day.
1: (laughs) It's all about sales. Yep. Doesn't it look like working at the Buy More is just like a fun job? It
3: does they really I, I'm not and not having spent a whole lot of time in retail. I mean, I, I've worked at grocery stores, but uh, never would have went that far into it with like the Christmas decorations, but the buy more gets into it rather heavily, I would yeah. say.
1: <laughs> you know it's funny is when you know I've talked a lot on the uh, other podcast about working uh, retail at a frame shop. Yeah, but the frame shop was part of a craft store where the entire center aisle was the Christmas aisle during the holidays. So I'm very familiar with the watching the Christmas aisle and straightening and all that stuff. We'd stay for like two hours when the store closed just to straighten that Christmas aisle, and it was insane. Hmm. So I can only imagine what it's like working at an electronics store like the Buy More. During Christmas time,
3: you, do you in any way think it's a little odd that a Best Buy like store would have a have a Santa's workshop and like <laughs> in like a place for kids to to sit on Santa's lap?
1: <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm assuming Big Mike, you know, he was going to be Santa, and I would set my you know child on his lap, right?
3: One would think. <laughs> And, and, and I'm wondering if you've already, if you've brought it up earlier in your recap that on these close-up shots you can see that his cheeks and his nose are painted a little red.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's got the rosy cheeks. <laughs> it starts out so innocently with them all getting ready for the day. And just on the news is this high-speed chase. And how many of us have watched a high-speed chase on television and you're sucked in? You can't stop watching it, like, wondering what's going to happen.
3: Especially if it's a local news story. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've all been in that situation.
1: And I love that, you know, they're wagering on it. Like, (laughs) is it going to be gruesome death or, you know, what are we going to see? And the fact that it winds up there it crashing into the store i think is you know after i'm trying to go back to the first time i saw it you know where i obviously didn't know what was going to happen that was pretty shocking and a pretty awesome twist that it winds up right there in the buy more
3: yeah i mean the 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 little moment leading up to the car crashing you can it, it's actually incredibly it's very well edited like you can kind of uh you know you can hear like the sirens from the tv and then it sort of blends into like the background area and everyone in the store kind of notices it uh you know both the staff and the customers and then the uh See, like the, the newscaster, the, the person who's describing the action is just saying the action is actually getting closer and closer to where the Buy More area is. Yeah. And it's it, 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 it's very shocking and all. But, I mean, looking back on it, it's it's actually very well edited in the way that it, it transitions from something that is, seems to be far away and has nothing to do with them. And then all of a sudden, bam, it just comes right into their area.
1: Right. And I totally agree with you about this being the perfect quintessential chuck episode of the way it blends everything together i love the way uh you know you've got the buy more you've got all the characters not only that ellie and awesome has shown up to do their christmas shopping uh using chuck's discount (laughs) and hopefully he's like uh yeah they jacked it up 15 (laughs) percent," you know Hopefully the discount helps with that, <laughs> but um, I love how it brings everybody in one location, and uh, I even love the little bit that uh, Casey has been on gift wrapping duty, so he's got these paper cuts all over his fingers. <laughs> and I love, you know, General Beckman. Like this isn't Bosra. it's <laughs> it's an electronic store, and he's just like. Uh.
3: I like uh, I like Sarah's reaction to that as well. Yeah, she or she doesn't laugh or anything, but she she just smirks and looks
1: off to the side. I think any moment where Casey shows a little bit of humanity is awesome. Yeah, but what I love also about this episode is that when we meet Ned, Chuck immediately identifies with the guy and has sympathy for him and just wants to help out. You know. It's, yeah. not, it's not like the guy comes out like, all right, nobody move, and he's just, just jerk or whatever. He's just like, I made a horrible mistake, and I don't know how to get out of this. And Chuck – and what's weird is if you think of the fact that uh, how it turns out to be a fulcrum agent, basically, he chose the right angle to deal with Chuck, whereas to gain his sympathy, you know, <laughs> to go that way. Because Chuck is a, a guy who identifies and is sympathetic to people.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good performance within a performance from Jed Rees because uh, uh, what it all it ever seems to do, uh, aside from the way that he just he just talks to Chuck about, you know, all I wanted to do was just, you know, I, I got fired from work. All I want to do is just spend time with the Christmas. And he has, like, these wide-eyed, he's got, like, these wide eyes, and he's just kind of a little paranoid, a little stressed out. And, uh, you know, Chuck can chuck and identify with him you know with you know because we see chuck stressed out and wide-eyed so many times uh throughout the series but that that moment where uh mauser is uh kind of giving like a signal to uh to ned to just you know to walk over to ellie and pull a gun and you know, prepare to pull the trigger and Ned's like his eyes, like squint almost like uh, now his facial expression is pretty much squinting like he's Clint Eastwood. And now that smile on his face is just, yeah, it's just kind of unsettling. That,
1: you realize that Ned was a character he was playing and yeah. in no way real. And by the way, how great is that Ned Ryerson a reference to groundhog day? <laughs> <Ned>? Yeah, <laughs> It's hilarious how they work stuff like that in, But also, let me ask you this. If Sergeant Al Powell, who is in Die Hard, is also in Chuck, don't Chuck and Die Hard exist in the same universe?
3: Well, why not? Uh, I mean, uh, do you remember the movie Ricochet with Denzel Washington and John Lithgow?
1: Oh, yeah, totally.
3: Yeah, well, the the reporter, Gail Wallens, if if I'm saying her name correctly, also, you know, uh, makes an appearance there. And it's because both Ricochet and Die Hard were written by, like, One of the same screenwriters, but I, I love the fact that, you know, Die Hard and Chuck basically coexist. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) It is. That was one, I can remember the first time I watched this, I had no idea that uh, Reginald Vell Johnson was part of the cast. And I was like, yes, this is, this is awesome.
1: And it's really, if you think about it, it's genius that Big Mike is his cousin. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I love it. he's like, How are you hanging in there, partner? <laughs> whatever Oh, I love that. It's a great moment. But also the you know I can't as I'm covering the episode say Die Hard reference, Die Hard reference, it just gets old, but the whole episode is a love letter to Die Hard, is it not?
3: it, it very much is. Not just the way that the uh the whole hostage thing is very similar, but i also a love and I'm I'm pretty sure that you brought this up because uh Music in a Chuck episode is very important to you. And you kind of love the way that the score does that whole sinister variation on Beethoven's Ode to Joy, the same way that Die Hard did with yeah. Michael Kamen's score.
1: Yeah, when Ned tells uh Chuck to close the security gate, and it does a bum, 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 <laughs> and you're just like Die Hard. It is so awesome.
3: Yeah, Argyle is sitting in his uh, in in his limo talking to his girlfriend right about now.
1: <laughs> and we haven't even talked about Michael Rooker, the genius casting of him as Lieutenant Mauser.
3: Yeah, I should have known better that you know he was not going to be a nice, not going to be a good dude. Uh, and and I'm someone who watched. Henry portrait of a serial killer very early on. So that basically clouded my view of him, even on the very rare occasions where he's actually playing a good guy, but I should just know just, you know, automatically he's probably not going to be a very good person.
1: (laughs) Right. And I love the reveal that he's not where, you know, Chuck flashes on him and it's like, Oh crap. And you have to remember Chuck has no idea that Ned is a fulcrum agent. His first instinct is to protect Ned from him. Like, Ned, you can't trust this cop. You can't trust this guy.
3: Yeah, and interesting that you know Chuck doesn't flash on Ned, but, but I guess you would need like a certain object or marking, or or I mean, sometimes he can flash on someone just by their face, but maybe Ned is just you know a heavily embedded agent or something, or he he just he just doesn't his uh, his ID or any files on him just doesn't immediately show up. So it was yeah. a it was a rather good luck on Fulcrum's part that they use him. To be the person that, you know, crashes into the store.
1: Right. Chuck will flash on someone's scar or tattoo or like on Mauser, his distinct watch. So Mm -hmm. it's got to be something that's in the files of the intersect. But apparently uh, Ned wasn't in there. Right. I just love the fact that, you know, even then it's not like, oh, my God, Mauser and this guy are both fulcrum. No, it's just like, oh, my God, Ned needs to know he can't trust this cop now. And that's what I love about Chuck. Yeah. I think it's interesting that um you know naturally they set up that awesome he wants some excitement in his life he wants to go rafting and he wants to take this bozo out Ned he's like I've had about enough of this and it's after and I also think it's genius how the episode works after you've seen it when you watch it again where remember Ned accidentally shoots John in the toe Because he doesn't know how to work a gun. But once you know he's a fulcrum agent, you're like, whoa, he totally staged that where he shot him on accident. He was shooting him on purpose to take him out.
3: Yeah, he knows who John Casey really is.
1: Yeah, what he's really doing is taking him out of the equation where as soon as there's a hostage deal, okay, take out the injured man. They got rid of the Marine, you know, the ex-Marine NSA guy. And now let's uh, – and also Chuck – Let's take out your girlfriend. You've been so nice to me, and that's—it's got to be probably my favorite comical scene of the episode where he goes, "No," (laughs) and everyone's like, "Huck," and I love the girl who I don't even know if she's been in any other episodes, but she goes, "Oh no, he didn't."
3: Yeah, like like Chuck basically forgets if they leave the store, they can always get back in through like castle and the orange orange and stuff like that. But uh going back to uh Devin's uh plan to uh to do something about it. it, it he's like how many times have you like heard someone talking about, man, if I was in that situation, I would have taken taken down that attacker yeah. and uh you know the whole you know the whole bravery thing, but clearly Devin you know, not, not everyone can be like you know, Your Awesome. So uh, I, I think Chuck's like the voice of reason, saying no, don't do this. You'll 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 put your life at risk. You gotta think about you know Ellie. You gotta think about the people you care about. So uh, I, I actually love that bit. Uh, and, and you mentioned that you know Chuck's saying no when Ned gives both uh, Casey and uh, Sarah the 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 right to go my favorite comical moment and i'm sure you've pointed this out is when emmett is the first hostage to be released and you see jeff and lester thinking that chuck cut a deal yeah but and there's this beautiful reaction shot from uh from sarah lancaster as, as ellie listening in on this and she doesn't do this whole big wide eye i can't believe they're saying this thing you get the feeling she's come across uh, Jeff and Lester enough times that, you know, this doesn't surprise her at all. Yeah. But, she, but at the same time, she, can, she can't believe she's hearing this. So I, I, I love how subtle that that reaction shot from her was.
1: Yeah. Just like she doesn't even say anything. She's just like, oh,
3: what is, can you say? Like,
1: is speechless. <laughs> These guys are such morons. Well, he probably got a deal for extra long lunches or something
3: it's prison rules now <laughs> well, I forget yeah. what it says
1: <laughs> and I love when you know he's like it's her Bobo I'm her Bobo she's got Luca Plachia, or whatever <laughs> he's like oh can I have a hug and he hugs Ned and he gives Chuck this devious look like <laughs> it, it works yeah and Chuck is just like staring around i can't believe the nerve <laughs> of this guy but I love it the, and it you know, saves himself just to go plug the big savings at the Buy More.
3: Do you love when you when uh, when Ned says, "Okay, we can let someone go," and Emmett's like, "Me, me, me," and he pushes up an employee to the side just to make it make his way over to where Ned is. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's this guy's shameless.
1: Yeah, so we know Emmett's a terrible person.
3: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: But again, with the the Chuck, when he dissuades uh, Awesome from uh, going after Ned is Chuck knows that they're safe because Sarah and Casey are there. He -hmm. also thinks that Ned is pretty much harmless, except he's a little mixed up. So he doesn't want to see Awesome endanger anyone, you know, just to take him down when he thinks it could be resolved easily. Right. But Chuck has no idea at that point he's a fulcrum.
3: And, you know, really, uh, anyone with a gun, you should really, you know, be cautious around them anyway.
1: Yeah, he could shoot blindly. He
3: could accidentally shoot someone else in the toe or something. You never yeah. know.
1: I love that bit with Casey. He's like, he's never had a scratch on him before, and he's now lost a <laughs> toe in the bymore. It's hilarious.
3: And, of course, he blames Chuck for it.
1: And there's the great line where uh, Ellie says, don't worry, Casey. A lot of people get through life with nine toes. And Jeff's like, I go, <laughs> I go through life with eight or something like that. <laughs> or I get by with eight. And you're just, your imagination wonders, how did this man lose two toes in his life?
3: Oh, you know. man, uh, I, I don't even want to know.
1: So we've had assorted diehard references. We even have a reference to, um, as I said, uh, Groundhog Day. You could even say lethal weapon if you want. You know.
3: <laughs> I would like to ask you because uh, I, I I think there's a re- there's another reference. There's a there's a Rambo First Blood Part Two reference. Oh, did did you catch it?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Where he opens the eyes. And he's there. He just—that is so funny that the fact that during all of this picture of Morgan, he goes under the snow and his body's covered, and then those eyes open.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, I—I I don't know how you know. In order for the the little what would you call it, like this snowblower, this fake snow blowing machine, <laughs> I. I, I the force at which that fake snow is coming out can't really be that powerful but <laughs> i i kind of love how it's enough to kind of at least distract ned in order for awesome and big mike to uh it's like to in tackle this him
1: like vroom, and he's like, and it's just like <laughs> this force like a water hose or something
3: but you know lester getting roundhouse kicked uh, fantastic. You know, in the face, I love it.
1: I love that Big Mike and Awesome stopping their tracks, and that happens. Like, oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> this dude just <laughs> roundhouse kicked him. <laughs> but also that whole moment where they're going, they're you know they're surrounding Ned, and they're going to go after him. The music takes on this, it's like this Nutcracker Biomore style, and I yeah. love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> So cool, but yeah, definitely. I love the Rambo. Too bad Anna didn't see Morgan being brave there.
3: Yeah, I've I I, I got to be honest. I mean, even at this point in the series, I've never really felt any chemistry between Anna and Morgan. So, um, uh, it, it it's it. I mean, I I think I can't believe I'm saying this, but you know, Morgan can do better.
1: <laughs> well, honestly. If you read the writing on the wall, you can see that in no way is Morgan ready for a serious relationship. No. Just in the previous episode, he had a chance to start a life with her, but he bought a DeLorean instead. You know, that only goes 22 miles an hour. (laughs) So I think basically, you know, this relationship he has with Anna, which I'm pretty sure is his first relationship ever. uh, He's not ready you know,
3: yeah, he just doesn't, uh, and I really don't think that he, you know, his feelings for her are not that intense, especially when it, it's clear that she's a bit, uh, maybe just a little bit high maintenance. I I suppose, but I mean, if it was someone he was actually that, you know, that crazy about, I think, you know, for sure he, he would have been a little bit more open to the idea of moving into an apartment with her, but I just don't, I just don't feel it with, you know, you know, him and Anna.
1: Yeah. He's content with fooling around in the home theater room and then they're done and he can go play video games or something, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and also Anna I think what she likes about Morgan is what we see with Chuck is that he is actually a good guy. He's loyal and, uh, he will do anything for his friends, but he's just a little lazy, you know? Yeah. And I can relate to that too. (laughs) as can I, and I love that moment where, uh, you know, after uh, Lester has been taken out by Ned and he's laying on the ground and he's staring down Ellie and his uh, <laughs> blouses and he's just smiling like, uh, he's like totally in heaven. Yeah,
3: he, he truly knows no, he truly knows no shame. I mean, you, the whole series starts off where you're, you're beginning to wonder, you know, who is the most depraved between, uh, Morgan and Jeff and Lester really at this point, it's Lester.
1: Yeah, but it's also creepy at the end, you know, when the day is saved and you see all of the Bymore employees hugging and kissing and they've got the mistletoe. Look at Jeff as he's on the prowl with his mistletoe. He looks kind of like a predator there. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, all right, who am I going after now? All of a sudden he's gotten real creepy. Oh, but yeah. I love those characters so much. But it's a it's a great moment. I love the way this works is where uh, Chuck goes up to Mauser, which, by the way, I read was a reference to Lieutenant Mauser in Police Academy, but I didn't remember that. So I'll just go by what I read. And he's like, "Okay, so what do we do? And you go, good deal, Chuck. We made a deal and uh, we're going to everybody's going to be okay." And he's like, oh, great. But first... We know that John Casey is in the NSA, and he's like, What? what? <laughs> and he just reveals everything. And we know that Sarah Walker's CIA. And that moment where Chuck, you know, Ned has a gun on Ellie, basically. You know, Ellie has no idea that her life is even threatened. And that's the cool thing about this episode that. You know that's the reason Chuck. That's the reason Sarah and Casey can't spring into action and just take Ned down in front of everybody because it's Chuck's cover. They can't just right. reveal that. And I love how they have to even the way the bad guy threatens Ellie with El, where Ellie is has no idea. She's in the room and her life is being threatened. And I love that moment where Chuck has to basically say, "I don't know where Bryce Larkin is." But I do know where the intersect is. And he points to his head here. And just though that Michael Rooker grin where he's like, you know, you, uh, that's great casting because you know he's a scary dude and he's capable of anything. That's what I thought is awesome. But
3: also really beautifully played by Levi who yeah. he know. I mean this is the first time he ever tells anyone outside of Beckman and Sarah and Casey that he has – the intersect inside of his head. I mean, he didn't tell Jill ever about. I mean, if, um, if yeah. memory serves me correct, he never tells Jill that he has the intersect inside his head.
1: Yes, at least I Jill, think he
3: does. No, no. At least I think he doesn't.
1: Jill and the leader. All they knew is they were looking through the database for Bryce Larkin. They had no idea that they had the intersect right there in front of them.
3: Yeah, but but Chuck recognizes that. You know, he's given up something big. And and what usually happens, especially in past episodes, where he's willing to kind of sacrifice something if, you know, especially if someone he cares about, you know, if if their lives are on the line. But really, you can tell that it's a big decision. You know, it's a big choice for him. So I I I love how Levi played it. Uh, you know, with that, it, it feels like you know it got that heavy hand pointing towards his head. So, I mean, exactly. he's got he's got to do what he's got to do, but you know, it wasn't an easy choice for him.
1: Yeah, it, I think he was like, if I give these men what they want, maybe they will leave, and everybody will be safe, and they'll take him away, of course. But he just wants to get him out of there, and, and
3: and you know, hopefully, Casey and Sarah will be able to rescue him.
1: Right, and you know, the he leaves Ned behind. And I think that's why maybe uh, Chuck tells uh, Awesome to go ahead and there's a time to be timid, there's a time to be brave, it's time to be brave, where he basically says, take Ned out. (laughs) I think he, you know, you never know when you're dealing with Fulcrum. he could say, okay, kill everybody in the store or something, you never know, you know, he uh, had to take the chance. But also... Yvonne Strahovski's fantastic in this episode. Yeah. Just with her, you know, facial expressions and what she's feeling. And she's so great at that where she doesn't even say anything and you just see her facial expressions.
3: Yeah, like when Chuck gives her the bracelet and you know, she tells him well, you should give this to like a real girlfriend he says, I know. He does the Hans solo remark of just saying, I know when you know really he he wants to say a l- little bit more than that, yeah, and you you love how you know she reacts to the bracelet, and also later when her reaction to Mauser you know telling him you know he, how he's gonna threaten Chuck and how his whole life's gonna come apart and uh and you realize i mean it's not an easy situation for her, you know um uh, basically casey Casey's the kind of guy who. If he had it his way, he would just knock down a door, come in with old painless, and just spray everyone. But Sarah's not going to be that kind of person, so uh yeah it, it was a great it was a great episode for uh Sarah as well
1: and you know what's funny is uh as I uh rewatch each episode for the Chuck Companion and then I record it, I'll go and read those old recaps and read people's comments. Yeah. From, you know, it's like that night after the episode aired, people were like writing stuff. So it's interesting to see where people are at. You know, usually people are like, oh, just get them together already or something like that. But a lot of people are like, why is Chuck upset? That guy was a bad guy. She should have killed him or whatever. But if you're thinking of like a real person's feelings, seeing someone that you have feelings for, kill someone which you think is in cold blood can be pretty shocking. <laughs> it's not yeah. like yeah, he's a bad guy or whatever. What Chuck saw was him say, "All right, take me in. I give up." And then she shoots him. That's what Chuck saw. But also you if you don't know what happens in the next episode, you're wondering, "Oh, how long are you, they going to carry this on where he's afraid of Sarah or whatever?"
3: Yeah. Um, and I don't know where, if we're coming to the end or not, but you can't do a Die Hard homage without referencing Twinkies. And you see both uh, Twinkies is a big thing in the Powell family.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I love the Ode to Joy as uh, Al and Big Mike run towards each other. Chest
3: and chest bump.
1: Yeah, and I love it. He's like, uh, are you hungry? And he's like, I could eat. <laughs> I just know it's just gigantic, epic meal they're going to have, you know. Yeah. Probably go to iHop or something. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and again, I I I, I kind of wish, you know, the the and I I wonder, I mean, did but the Bartowskis have their uh their little Christmas shindig and did Sarah still come along or 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 maybe, you know, she did come along and Chuck was just a little bit uneasy.
1: He's a little stand-up. Yeah, cuz she is happy at the end. Sarah yeah. is. She, the way she's looking at Chuck, like, I did this all for Chuck. Uh, he gave me this bracelet. Everything's happy. And from her perspective, she got rid of the fulcrum guy. There's no threat. Everything's going to be fine. And Chuck's kind of like, uh uh-huh. And so, you know, she came over. They probably watched Twilight Zone. And he just pretended <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, you know, they resolve all of that ver- fairly quickly. In the land yeah. of TV, you can do that, or you can stretch things out. You know,
3: yeah. Like, how many times have like like the series twenty four had like a mole and wouldn't be dealt with until later in the uh, later in the season, which is just an infuriating thing. But yeah. uh, a, a series like Chuck knows. How to how to keep a how to keep a joke going, and that, that that's one of the that's one of the shows like you know great strengths. Like it, it's it's kind of like perfectly balanced in the way that it handles both comedy and drama. And it, it just it really just makes one good decision right after the other.
1: And you know what's interesting when like I said when I read viewer comments, people were already getting pretty impatient. You know, like what are you going to just put them together? You know, this is worse than Jim and Pam on The Office or whatever. It's just like, people are so impatient, man. They really are. It's literally, you know, what they say is you can't please everybody. You eventually get what you want, but you got to go through a lot of story to get there. There's got to be a lot of uh, drama, dread, danger, turmoil until you get that moment, you know?
3: Yeah, and you've got to... Uh, logically, come to the come to the point where it would make sense for both Chuck and Sarah to realize that you know they should start becoming a couple. I mean, uh, you know Chuck's kind of ready for it, and, and, and that's one of the great things about this series overall is that you can you can interpret it as another story of you know a boy and a girl or just two people coming together. But it's really only going to work if you can uh, dramatically uh, explain why, you know, Chuck would be into Sarah and why Sarah would be into him and the steps that they both have to go through in order to, you know, Come to the truth about themselves. So, and you can't you can't rush into it. You don't want to make the moonlighting uh, mistake where if you make them a couple, then they they lose they lose that dynamic. So uh, it's it, it, like I said before, one good decision after another, even if it drives some people crazy.
1: And it's almost like they're not in the right place right now. Right. You know, much like life, maybe it's just not the right time or whatever. But like you were saying how, why this is the perfect episode of Chuck, because it has the comedy, it has the drama, it has that sense of joy and warmth that you get from Chuck, but also has the sense of danger, and it has a sense of dread, but it also has this incredible movie references and stuff like that of great films that you love. Uh, mm mm-hmm. But it, it's all gift wrapped, you know. Might as well go with this analogy: gift wrapped <laughs> in a great, in a bow, and a great present, which is Chuck versus Santa Claus. It's like the perfect episode of Chuck. It's got everything. I would agree. And the great music, also.
3: <laughs> oh yeah!
1: All those great Christmas songs.
3: never, never has Silent Night seemed so uh, sinister.
1: Yeah, so mm. awesome. Such an awesome use of Silent Night.
3: Yeah, and I've said it before, and on like entertainment landfill, or maybe uh, through our our messaging through Facebook, that I think it's a better Die Hard sequel than any of the other Die Hard sequels.
1: Yeah, and you know what's funny? This won't even be the last Die Hard reference on Chuck. There will be more in yeah. the future. I can think of at least one right now, but I'm pretty sure there's some other ones. Right, and there there had been previous uh, Die Hard reference also. Of course. That's what I like where they'll reference the same movie. Like they reference Big Trouble in Little China more than once with uh, Ben (laughs) Lopan.
3: And Jack Burton. Yeah.
1: I love that they will go back and reference the same movie again. That's Mm. what I love about Chuck. And I love that uh, we can share this with each other. Adam, thank you so much for joining me today for this special Double sized episode of the Chuck series companion. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show.
1: And hopefully, I can get you to do a entire series rewatch, huh?
3: I I have definitely been following along since uh, since you started this whole thing, and uh, it would not be out of the question, man. Uh, for me, it's it's beginning to feel like uh, comfort food. this show.
1: Oh yeah, totally. And you know, this was episode 11 of season two, so that means I'm halfway done with season two. Yeah, <laughs> it literally is. If I start thinking about how many episodes they are, I'm like, oh god, what? I'm never. No, it's not about finishing, Jason. It's not about the destination. It's the journey, right? The doing, right. It Every week, and that's what's funny is I reward myself after I finished chuck versus the delorean i was like oh i can work on santa claus i can this is gonna be great but i'm not just gonna do a regular episode i'm gonna get adam to talk about it with me too and it's gonna be awesome <laughs> and you know had all these big plans
3: That's well nice. I'm, I'm again i'm very thankful that you thought of me uh to be a guest for this so uh and, and like i said i mean this is a this is a big episode for the both of us
1: thank you so much adam
3: <laughs> thank you sir
1: all right, guys, that was our episode of Chuck vs. Santa Claus. I think it's a fantastic episode. Hopefully you love it, too. So what are you guys waiting for? Get out there and watch some more Chuck, and I'll see you next time.
2: It's time to you
1: to Oh,
2: no, he didn't.